0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Delicious! I, I what's delicious? It's a bit of a, a bit of a um, I've got a bit of a snotty head still.
0: Oh, it's delightful,
1: not nice. delicious. I'm a snot-making mm. mis- factory. No. <laughs> It would be really, really
0: nice. <laughs> Shall we go? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Hello, welcome to Chickstree, the podcast that is rewriting the history books to include the women that were written out of it. My name's Annie, and as always, I'm joined by the delightful, impeccable, incomparable Phoebe Wilkins.
0: Why, thank you. That was such a lovely introduction.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm finding my vocabulary is getting bigger by the week uh-huh. from listening to something Runs with purple.
0: Yes, I know. Well, you know, and the Thesaurus app.
1: <laughs> and the th-
0: I love a Thesaurus app. Same same I get it yes mm, but yeah I know something rhymes with purple I, I know and I feel like I need to speak in quite a British accent when I um, yeah when I, yeah, abso- uh, when I speak my words
1: <laughs> absolutely because they're yeah. both British and especially that man who talks very properly oh, I know the one that name drops all the time at the Queen <laughs> uh, he name drops all the time and sometimes do you find sometimes also that he mansplains to her quite
0: a bit <laughs> a lot a lot
1: yes <laughs> There's sometimes when she says something, and then he just, he will just, he'll sh- shut her down like mm. really far and just be like, No, I don't, I don't believe that's correct. We're going to have to look into that. And she's just like, No, I, it says it right here. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, it says it right here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, I am right. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Well, the, yeah, well, the Googles, the Googles is telling me it's right, but exactly. he thinks that he's writer.
0: Mm. He thinks he's <laughs> more,
1: more right. More writer.
0: <laughs> how have you been what's been going on in your world oh, been good just um you know hidden the research hidden the archives hit in um, the archives after your big win last i know last I had, week i had another big win this week another one i know i had a big brick wall for a family tree that i was doing and um that had it's been going on for a you know, month or so. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'd ordered records and all sorts of things which generally you would find would give a few answers and lead me down a few other avenues, which they did not. They gave me nothing. All I wanted was the mother's maiden name, which really would have helped. Mm -hmm. Couldn't find anything. Been looking, 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 then found a tiny little newspaper article which just – answered all of my questions oh, and wow. opened up everything so I've just you know found three more generations of family that I didn't think I'd find
1: that is so
0: good is that through trove that was through trove that newspaper article yeah which is just about my best oh, friend it's excellent
1: trove is so good mm. listeners if you haven't been on Trove just just google it look at look at trove and it'll and then you can type a you can type a Subject into the search, and it'll just bring you up all the articles.
0: I know about that subject. You
1: can type a person's name, you can Mm. type a whatever, and it'll just bring all the articles from all the all the all All the the times.
0: I know, I know. So they're ever expanding, but it all comes Mm. down to you know funding. But they do an amazing job, and it's such a fantastic resource because you know back in the day and when i say back in the day i mean not even that long ago let's say 15 years ago you yeah. would have to have an idea about what you were looking for and where you might find it to then go and get a microfilm possibly if a newspaper yes. has been microfilmed which is just one of the most painful experiences if you don't have an idea so yeah and that's- that's and, proper needle in a haystack Yeah, situation. it is. And sometimes you still have to do that because, you know, if something hasn't been digitised yet mm. or if it's some small little publication that, um, that they haven't got around to digitising. But I do know um, of someone who was, and I'm not sure, if anyone or how many people have ever used microfilm before yes. and the old machines and they can spin quite quickly. Right. And I do know of someone that was looking at something once and they got motion sickness and vomited everywhere. I know. I, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. that's It's the thing where you have to look through. It's a
1: microfish, right? Is mm, that it? They call it yes. microfish. Well,
0: there's a fish and there's a film. So a fish is like a, um, almost sort of looks like a place card. And then there's a film which is like the old film. And essentially it's the same thing. They've been right. copied onto these um, old formats of film so you right. can access them more easily. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, you get that spinning really fast.
1: Woo! Oh, God. Yeah. yeah I, I can imagine how that mm. would um, – oh, but that's not good. I know. Sorry about lonely.
0: that. hope everyone's had their breakfast. <laughs>
1: Everyone's over there had their wine and their beer for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. If you're listening to last yeah. week's episode, if not, go back and have a listen. Apparently,
0: it's okay to drink alcohol as a breakfast beverage, mm. and not just continuing from the night before. That's no, a waking up true. and having a beer. This yeah. is
1: true. This is and true.
0: Smashing Hair a BB. of the dog.
1: I wonder. I wonder. I'm sure. I'm sure we could find out. The I just
0: learnt this.
1: <gasps> Did I just you learnt
0: this the other day?
1: Do so, tell.
0: Oh, God, now you're really testing me. Yeah. I just learnt this. So it's something to do with there was an old wives' tale that um, if you were unwell, if you had become unwell by something, so say you had mm-hmm. been bitten by something or other, yep. you picked a hair from that animal, you ingested it, and that was supposed to, like, reverse the effects.
1: That's like home- homeopathy. Yeah. You take yeah. you have the thing that you're that's supposed to be not good for you or giving you an allergic reaction mm. or whatever, and then it's supposed to do the opposite. Yeah, of the, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: so there you go. I probably completely butchered that explanation.
1: So you're taking a hair of a dog, so the dog's got you sick.
0: Yeah, but I think it it morphed into hair to, of the dog. Yes. Um, but that's right. the general sort of overview of of that expression. Speaking of
1: uh, interesting historical facts, yeah. it's time for
0: Fribouz historical facts. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know what word I hate? I mean, I'm really just throwing this out. Like there are just there could be there are a lot of words, but there's one that I really hate. Let me guess. Mm. Moist. <laughs> okay, there are a lot of words. That wasn't the one I was thinking of, but, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: No, the word that I absolutely hate is spinster. Spinster,
1: yes.
0: It's just. Oh, it's evil. It is. It's really. mm. I don't know. I think because there's lots of connotations that, yes. you know, surround that word too. Yeah. Anyway, um, a number of years ago I was doing some research and I was looking at some probate records. So if you don't know what um, what a probate record is, it's when you die and if you have any assets, whether you do have a will or not, your estate still needs to go through the probate system to determine how your estate is split up. Right. Um, these official records will tend to state – Many things, but above all else, be the name of the deceased, their address, date of death, etc. Anything like that, as well as their occupation at their at the time of their death, and more often than not, for a man or an elderly man, it'll list his occupation as retired or retired doctor or retired Mm. lawyer, etc. For a woman, you're more likely to see something like widow, housewife, or spinster. Okay, so it gets my goat. Yes. Anyway, um, one day I was looking at a woman's probate record, which was not that long ago, so probably talking the early 2000s. Yeah, right.
1: Um,
0: and her occupation had been listed as a lady of leisure and I loved it. I thought, fabulous, I love this. Yes. However, oh. do you know what someone had done? Some Someone in the probate office at the Supreme Court yeah. had crossed that out. And had written spinster instead. Instead, I was like, "You, how you. rude! Yeah. How rude! Lady of leisure sounds so much better." I know. And who wouldn't want to be a lady of leisure, as well? Um, anyway, I, so the term spinster didn't actually emerge until about the seventeenth century, and before that, unmarried girls were often referred to as maids or old maids mm. um, or virgins, because mm-hmm. you know you've got to be. Um, pigeonholed. Exactly. Uh, and Labeled. then earlier this year, it's actually something that I put on Inst- on my Born and Bred Instagram about yep. the word spinster. So I'm going to share a few of these with you. Please do. Um, so back in the day, the word spinster actually used to refer to married women between the ages of 23 and 26. And after that, the mm. ages of, between the ages of 26 and 29, you were known as a thornback. Between 29 and 35, A Venus Death Trap, oh, 35 to 40, A Lady of the Blade, and 40 to 45, you were known as a fanged dowager. <laughs> and after that, you may as well have just shriveled up and died, like honestly. <laughs> oh
1: my, it's so specific.
0: So specific. So I was like, I love that. I love that. That is that's just awful. I oh, know, but
1: at the same time, really interesting. So go through them again. Spinster is twenty-three. So
0: you've got spinster twenty-three yeah. to twenty-six. Yeah, twenty-six to twenty-nine. Thornback. 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 Oh, God. Twenty-nine to thirty-five. Venus death trap. <laughs> thirty-five to forty. Lady of the blade, and forty to forty-five is my favorite fanged yeah. dowager. The Fang
1: Dowager. Mm.
0: Lady of the Blade, that's interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. I couldn't really, to be honest, find much more about that, about this. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. but I just thought, oh that's fantastic.
1: That is fantastic. Mm. Well I'm I don't even make that um, that list because I've <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> you say you might as well just shrivel up and die. I've just
1: shriveled up <laughs> just, and I've yeah. died. And, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. I'm sitting um, right between a Venus death trap and a lady of the blade. <laughs> Let me ask you something. There are so many questions for you today. So many
1: questions. I love it. So many
0: questions. Uh, Have you travelled much?
1: I, look, in the grand scheme of things I would say no, but I have been to a few places. Mm -hmm. So I've been to, I've done a little bit of Europe, I've done a little bit of America, you know, Bali, Indonesia, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Thailand. Not a huge, not a, mm. I wouldn't say I'm a seasoned traveller.
0: Okay. So you're not, you know, like I mean, rolling up your t-shirts and stuffing your undies in your shoes, grabbing your adapters and your travel clothesline and God putting no. your whole life into a backpack.
1: God, no. And no. can I just say, I hate the travel part of travelling. Yeah. I like, Being I like there. getting, I like getting there, but yeah, that, you know, there's some people who just love flying and they love mm-hmm. airports and they love packing and the, plain meals and but ble- like I hate all that stuff mm, I hate just, it if
0: just teleport your way to fastest,
1: the fastest most direct <laughs> way from A to B with the least amount of fuss that's the way I want to go yeah I hear you. I hear you.
0: Anyway, you have you traveled much I have um tra- traveled traveled I have twaveled. I have twa-led. I have traveled quite a lot but mm. again in the grand scheme of things you know seen just a tiny portion of the yeah. world, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've got a long list. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the pockets are that deep, though, you know, to be able to uh, hit all yeah. those places just yet. But, uh, he you that. know, there's time, yeah. there's time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. in saying that, yeah. today I'm going to tell you all about Isabella Bird, who was an explorer, writer, photographer, naturalist and philanthropist.
1: Of course, she is with a name like Isabella Bird. I
0: know, I know. That's Isn't such a, fantastic a beautiful name? name. Mm, I know, Isabella Bird. Isabella Bird. Okay, so Isabella Lucy Bird was born in Boroughbridge Hall in Yorkshire, England, in her in her maternal grandmother's house on the fifteenth of October, eighteen thirty-one. So let me set Mm -hmm. you the scene. Yeah. The year before, the first sewing machine had been invented by a French tailor who had patented the machine which sewed straight seams using chain stitch. The first lawnmower had also been invented and patented in England. And the same year Isabella was born, the first novel had been written and published in Australia by Henry Savory, a book called Quintus Servantin, which was a morality tale about Henry's life and experiences as a convict.
1: There you go. The you sewing be. machine, that's earlier than I thought. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. And yep. the lawnmower too. Oh, and the lawnmower. Re- really early. Yeah. Really early. 18- yeah, exactly. So Isabella was the eldest daughter of Reverend Edward Byrd, an Anglican minister, and Dora Lawson, the daughter of an Anglican minister. The Bird family were prosperous, middle-class, evangelical Christians who moved around the country for Edward's curacy. Isabella was a sickly child with a number of different ailments and generally poor health her doctors Mm. recommended a good dose of fresh air to cure her ills which included a spinal complaint nervous headaches and insomnia
1: oh dear you know a lot of the stories we do these women were sickly children
0: Mm. i know and just very common isn't it it, very common but you wonder though when they talk about nervous headaches i mean you know Things were described in different terms then That's as well. every Tuesday for me. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they believed that these were all brought upon herself by her sensitive temperament. Oh, yeah. Mm, I know, nothing like yeah. a little girl who's little just sensitive bit sensitive. Flower. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> in 1850, when she was about 19 years old, she underwent surgery to help with her spinal problems. Again, fresh air was the recommendation to help her regain her strength and convalesce. Not one to sit still, even whilst recovering from back surgery, Isabella began to learn how to ride horses and row. This also set her up for a lifetime of learning the art of observation, questioning and writing about her surroundings. At the age of 23, in 1854, she was also advised to take a sea voyage to help to further her recovery. Mm. Just jump on a boat. Why not? Mm. I think it must be the... Fresh, salty air. Fresh, sea air. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Her father gave her 100 pounds, which is the equivalent a of about $8,500 today. So, yeah, quite a lot. A lot of money. Mm. Good and God. told her she could travel anywhere she wanted until her, until her money ran out. Mm-hmm. Isabella packed up her bags and hit the seas. Her first voyage was to Prince Edward Island to visit a cousin and then to Canada and the United States writing home to her sister Henrietta about her travels. Once she returned, she used these as a basis for her first book titled An English Woman in America about her solo travels and adventures through the USA and Canada, which she then published in 1856. Meanwhile, back in England, her family had settled in Huntingdonshire after a number of years of moving around the country due to Edward's postings with the church. Edward, Dora, Isabella and Henrietta had been in and Huntingshire since 1848, which turned out to be the longest continual posting the family had seen in Edward's time with the church. It was here that Edward met with such opposition to his ministry and teachings that his health suffered and he ultimately died a decade later at the age of 66. So I don't know what, I haven't been able to find what was so... You know, rebellious about his or different about his teachings that it yeah, was such right. a such an issue yeah after his death, Dora and her daughters lo- relocated to Edinburgh. However, the death of her father did not quell Isabella's newfound love of travel and adventure, and after their move, she did extensive travel through the western highlands of Scotland. However, throughout this time, she was still contending with ill health and then in eighteen sixty six when Isabella was thirty five Dora died. oh. Henrietta also decided to move to the island of Mull, which lies off the west coast of Scotland in the Hebrides. The island was known for farming, fishing and burning seaweed for kelp ash, which was then manufactured into soap and glass. The 18th and 19th centuries saw a mass exodus when people were evicted to make space for sheep. And then it was hit by the mm. Highland potato famine. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. So it was definitely not. Should I get (laughs) get get out. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely not where Isabella wanted to spend the rest of her life in what she explained was an unendurable climate. So in 1872, she set sail again, this time for Australia, New Zealand and the Sandwich Islands in Hawaii.
1: Oh, wow.
0: God, I I mean,
1: just even like. Oh, just it's amazing that she's like the 1850s, mm. is it, when she uh, first set 18, sail?
0: Yeah, 1850s when she first hit the waters.
1: That's incredible. A, a, a woman on her own, travelling yeah. on her own.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in all of this I haven't been able to find that she's had, you know, a governess or because someone comforting her. Yeah,
1: they had to have a chauffeur or that's someone right. with them. So yeah, or an
0: older brother or a cousin or something. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. This trip would be a turning point for Isabella when she stayed in Hawaii for six months. Here, she abandoned the side saddle and began riding astride her horse. Oh. I know! Like that's huge. You're not allowed to ride horses not like to that. Do that, ladies. No. no
1: way. No.
0: So she'd been suffering from terrible pain because of riding this way. Oh, of course. But um, pain aside, it was not becoming for women to ride f- um, ride facing front f- frontwards to ride facing frontwards and in such a masculine way as they were expected to ride side saddle to allow the dresses to be worn on horseback.
1: Yes. Like, yeah. And, you know,
0: they've got their dresses, their petticoats, the whole shebang.
1: All of the things. And even then, I mean, it's not like they're wearing like mini skirts that you're going to be able to see what's going yeah. on. You know, it's just so bloody, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and side <laughs> saddle, really, women rode side saddle up until relatively recently, like we're talking the mid twentieth yeah. century.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I don't ride horses. I think I've ridden one horse in my life, mm-hmm. and I didn't wasn't really for me. But I can imagine. I can imagine riding like that would be really difficult. Yeah, and look, really hard on your back.
0: Yeah, not good on your back because you're really yes, twisted. Twisted mm, because Correct. you still have to face forward mm. mm-hmm. to you know mm. in the way that you are traveling exactly but you know yeah. you the lower half of your body is twisted to the side ridiculous. Yeah. ridiculous anyway so she recorded her time in hawaii where she spent time summiting the peaks of volcanoes and visiting remote regions living among natives and otherwise seeing hawaiian life in all its phases
1: just summiting the, the peaks of oh yeah just go on volcanoes. That's, that's
0: you know it's popping up there why not mm tales which she wrote about in her book, Six Months in the Sandwich Islands. In 1873, she made her way to the Colorado Rockies where she had been told that the air was good for invalids. Her time spent in the Rockies was the inspiration for her next book, A Lady's Life in the Rocky Mountains, where she wrote writes about her four-week tour alone on horseback over snow-covered slopes, riding through a blizzard with her eyes frozen shut. Oh, holy and, shit. I know, right? Like she's already just contented with riding oh side saddle Neshcart bloody see. Oh my gosh, this would make <laughs> such a good movie. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and after a 30-hour day with a gang of cowboys who were herding cattle. She recalled that with something of a high tally-ho in the morning, <laughs> away we went at a hard gallop downhill. Our leader said, I was a good a cattleman and that he had forgotten a lady was of the party.
1: Oh, my so God, what yeah, a chick.
0: What a, What a chick. In the late 1870s, she returned to Scotland where she began to develop an interest in science and medicine. During this time, she also received a marriage r- proposal from Dr John Bishop, who was 10 years her junior. Mm. Not desirous about becoming an invalided housewife, she did what anyone in their right mind would do and fled to the Far East. Oh, yeah, you
1: know, <laughs> no marriage for her.
0: <laughs> Getting out of there. Her next book, Unbeaten Tracks, which was published in 1880, details her time in Japan, where she rode pack horses and spent several nights among the Hairy and New tribe. I'm sorry if I have said that wrong. <laughs>
1: Harry and is that I one knew. word?
0: No, it's two. Oh, okay. yeah. A I N U A N U
1: A N U. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Writing home to her sister, she assured her that nothing occurred during her stay that would offend the most fastidious sense of delicacy. Okay. From Japan, she sailed to Hong Kong, to Canton, and then from Saigon to Singapore. All the while she continued to pen letters home to Henrietta about her travels and adventures. These were said to be eloquent, detailed, and insightful, and one she wrote about her travels from the Malay Peninsula to Southeast Asia was even 116 pages long. Oh my like, God, I oh know, Imagine the writer's cramp. Like
1: a writer's cramp oh. and the and the ink and the mm. the thing. Yeah, and
0: the paper and the pay oh, and, and the postage. And the postage, oh, God, and the ink everywhere. everywhere. Jesus. It was during this time, which also included travel through Egypt and the Sinai Peninsula, where she contracted typhoid fever. Um, Isabel, I know, I know. It, She's yeah. already got a, you know, a weak disposition.
1: Yes, well, that's mm. it. She's already a bloody invalid, as they mm. call it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Isabella decided to return to Scotland to recuperate, but sadly in June 1880, shortly after her return, her sister Henrietta died. She not only lost her Mm. sister, but a great friend and confidant. At the age of 50, the year after the death of her sister and still coming to terms with her profound grief, she decided to take up John Bishop's proposal and the pair married. The death of her sister left her in such a state of grief that it took a toll on her mental health and John cared for her. Mm. But five years after they married, John died, at which time Isabella devoted herself to studying practical medicine at St Mary's Hospital in London. After years of health battles and grief, Isabella decided to travel again, although this time it was not for the adventure or her health, but for the health of others. She decided to use her newfound medical knowledge and impart that upon those less fortunate. She set out to visit medical missions on remote islands and at nearly 60 years old in 1889 set out for India where she established two hospitals. Holy shit. I know. She's cramming a lot in. She's doing.
1: I'm exhausted. I know, right? (laughs) I mean, I just, I would have stopped way, way, way back in the, the trip she took to Australia. That would have yeah. been me. Have been <laughs> like I'm yeah.
0: done. I'm in Hawaii. Thanks very much. Or Hawaii. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. This is it. This is it for me. Putting her new skills to use, Isabella visited medical missions in the care of the Church Missionary Society but also made time for some adventure. She had an adventurous ride through Tibet where she broke two ribs and which she wrote about in her book Among the Tibetans. Then she rode across parts of Turkey, Persia and visited Christian outposts in communities in Kurdistan. In January 1890, wow. she joined British soldiers for a journey from Baghdad to Tehran, which she said was one of her roughest rides and took over 45 days through driving snow and where she was armed with a revolver and her medicine chest.
1: Uh, can I just say, when i was saying that I hate the travel part of travel, I take it back because, <laughs> oh, my God. I know. If anyone can say that they hate the travel part of travel, it's,
0: it's, this it's oh my god it's that's just incredible <laughs> i know i know in 1890 isabella had returned to scotland and was well known and somewhat of a celebrity at home the following year she had been asked to address the british association an establishment which had been founded for the advancement of science she would go on to address them twice more after this and then in 1891 she was made a fellow of the scottish geographical society the appointment had been regarded as an exception by the male council members mm. because they did not believe women were able to contribute to scientific and geographical knowledge and they were not well suited to being explorers. God, no. Mm. They were no. dum-dums. I know. They could only ride side saddle in a scan. <laughs> <laughs> in 1892, she was the first woman to be admitted to the Royal Geographical Society whereby she had earlier declined to speak, remarking that it seemed scarcely consistent in a society which does not recognise the work of women to ask women to read a paper. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, join our society, but mm, we don't think that you actually belong here. Yeah.
1: No, exactly. But if it's going to suit us for for, for this moment, then. That's
0: right. That's right. Then go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead, please. In 1894, Isabella set off again, this time to visit Korea and then Chinese Manchuria, travelling up the Yangtze River through Sichuan to the Tibetan border. Fuck off! How, how old is she now? She's like seventy now. Uh, yeah, she's in her six. She's in her mid sixties by this point. I know, right? I know. Oh my god! Traveling by sampan, a flat-bottomed wooden boat, and overland, she met her share of problems along the way. When she was reputedly attacked by a mob that called her a foreign devil, and then trapped her in the top floor of a house which they <gasps> set fire to. <laughs> I know, right? She was rescued in time but also experienced further violence when she was stoned Uh-oh. and knocked unconscious. Oh dear. I know, she's having a rough trot. She's yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't going to stop her and eventually on this trip she would travel 15 months and 8000 miles which is almost 12000 kilometers. Oh. In December 1900, at almost 70 years old, she travelled to Morocco and travelled among the Berbers, where it was said that she needed a ladder to be able to mount her horse. So apparently she was quite short. Oh. <laughs> She's quite a little lady. Oh, I know. Ill health forced her to return to Scotland, where she began planning her next trip to China. Her health deteriorated rapidly, and on the 7th of October 1904, just eight days before her 73rd birthday, Isabella died in Edinburgh
1: no she didn't get to go to China no she didn't get to go there
0: Isabella Bird wrote and published more than 20 books and in her later years she began taking photographs which she included in some of these works she believed herself to be an amateur photographer but she captured and produced unique photos of places and people throughout her travels she also had to carry the heavy camera equipment and the processing materials along with her Oh, no. I know, like she's oh. got the medic- She's got the medical chest, she's got, she's chest. got all of her photography gear, her revolver. Here, her revolver. <laughs> so it's not quite your iPhone or, you know, that digital camera that you'd hang she, off your wrist uh, in the clubs, you know, just pop it. <laughs> in the clubs. I, I don't think she was, you know, uploading 60 photos to an album on Facebook on one night out. I don't mm. think she
1: was. Wow, no. that's extraordinary.
0: I know. Isabella Bird was inducted into the Colorado Hall of Fame in 1985 has been the inspiration for a main character in a manga series. Her works live on in print and in a 1982 play by Carol Churchill called Top Girls, and at her death she bequeathed money to have a clock tower erected in the memory of her sister Henrietta on the island oh. of Mull. Her husband, John Bishop, said that she had the appetite of a tiger and the digestion of an ostrich. She was a complex mixture of frailty, frailty and fortitude, and that is The Phenomenal Life and Travels of Isabella Lucy Bird. Oh,
1: she had the digestion of an ostrich.
0: I know, I'm not really quite sure what that means.
1: <laughs> but I like it. I know, right? I'm, I, I hope that someone says that about me one day.
0: Yeah, same.
1: Oh, she had the digestion oh. of an
0: ostrich. And the neck of an emu. <laughs> oh, wow. That, I know. she's.
1: I reckon she's up there in terms of a woman who's done the most.
0: I know, amazing. She did so
1: much travelling.
0: So much. And, yeah, as I said, as far as I can tell, she, you know, apart from the times where she sort of joined other people, so the British regiment at one Mm. point, as far as I can tell, she was on her own. So obviously she would have met people and she did join, um, you know, locals or natives as she put them in different uh, parts of the world. But aside from that, she was travelling alone. and. I
1: mean, even for women to travel in the early 20th century on their own, mm. you know, we've done women before who have, who have travelled or had to travel for jobs or, for, um, mm. or to marry and they always needed to have a chaperone with them. Yeah. They couldn't travel on their own. It's very, very uncommon for women to travel on their own. So that's just, that's amazing.
0: Mm. Isabella she must- Bird. I know. I know, and fabulous name. Hurrah. Oh. hurrah! 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 And you know, I'm going to plan my next trip, but um, I need all the amenities. <laughs> As my mum says, she will camp under five stars, but they have to be at the Sheraton.
1: It just you can't even imagine it. You cannot no. imagine it. And you know, it might not sound extraordinary, but really, when you think about it, holy shit, that's yeah. amazing. That's Dude. so amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like that's right. We complain about you know, a 20-hour flight, mm. whatever. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you're on a boat for, you know, weeks, months at a time Gosh. and then you're travelling via yeah. horseback.
1: Yeah, side
0: saddle. For, side saddle for the rest of the time. That's yeah. a huge undertaking.
1: That's incredible.
0: Incredible. Mm. Well, bravo. Yeah. That was great. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another Chicken History. Make sure you follow us. And if you haven't done already and you are liking, enjoying if you're liking enjoying, that's not the right words. <laughs> if you haven't done so and you would like to do so, leave us a review. Um, you just got to hit the little star thing on any of your uh, wherever you listen to the podcast on the apps. That'd be great. It just helps us get um, known by other people who might also appreciate and enjoy the podcast.
0: Yes. <music> Bye.